many suggested pictures of Squidward. Oh, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Analytical Fanboys podcast here on Modular Media. This is the flagship show of Modular Media. It is a regular weekly media club type thing, and I am one of your hosts. I am Simeon, the Vacuuminator Scott, and I'm joined, as always, by the Monster... I was going to call you the monstrous Chris Boingle Ryder Gaston, and I ruined it. No, I'm matcha now. I'm, I'm a matcha. Um, Does that mean I drink matcha? Yes, totally. <laughs> and then uh, the uh, the coolest toy collector in the Sunshine State, Snowcone83, is here. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> You sound so happy to be here, Cody. (laughs) I love how you said that like, yeah, you know it, bitch. I'm the coolest. So how's oh, everybody been? Let's let's get into some this week in modular. How are you boys? What kind of creative stuff have you been doing this week? I've been writing. I've just been writing. I finished like two scripts. I got like three outlines I gotta write now. I creatively got my uh, negative results back for COVID-19. That's good, right? That means you don't have it? Yes, that means I don't have it. Yay! Congratulations on not being sick with the worst thing you could possibly be sick with right now. Yeah. Well, hey, I also got a free two weeks vacation out of it, so you know, whatever. Is Is it paid vacation? Paid. Yes! I mean, they like his ass. It is a nice ass. It's pretty it's pretty yeah. good. From what I hear, I'm I getting, haven't actually seen it yet. Yeah, getting no. paid to talk now, you know, technically. You get paid to play games, go to Taco Bell, get my car washed, and have it get rained on and dirty in the same day. So it's depending great. On, depending on what time of day you do it. You get paid to do some very fucked up things. Poop on company time. I already poop on company time. Every time after I have my lunch, I clock in for my lunch and then go take a shit. Like I, I am just saying, if you are working, always poop on company time. That's true. That's true. I'm, I'm sure tons of people that do that. Uh, this week, uh, I got a new video um, out about the first ever upgrade to the Vac Shack. I finally got an AC in that place because, good lord, is it starting to get hot here. I know it's probably been hot where you guys are for a lot longer. Um, but it was it was getting pretty unbearable here. So I had to get an AC in there in order to, to be able to do anything. And uh, I also talked a little bit about hashtag speaking out on my channel and uh, got a few other things done as well, including a um, quarterly report. First time I've ever done that. I did that as a Patreon-exclusive blog post. Uh, I might do another one in the future. I would like to make it a regular thing, but only time will tell. And uh, that's that's pretty much it. Um, tomorrow I'm planning on shooting a video discussing my thoughts on the second season of Power Rangers Beast Morphers. And you guys can probably see that by the time this is out. Uh, 
But uh, yeah, that's pretty much everything creative I've been up to this week, other than just a very stressful, we're trying to push to get everything done in order to have a free day weekend at work. That was, that was, that was a, a whole experience. Uh, if I may briefly mention one of the outlines I'm writing the script for, for one of my videos, because I just fucking love the name of this video. Mm-hmm. Interdimensional character recontextualization in Marvel Comics. Nice. That is genuinely one of the nerdiest things I have ever put to pen to paper. Okay, now I gotta explain it. It's also extremely Boingo core. I mean, is it really Boingo core when you've been posting more Oingo Boingo in my Discord server than I have? They're a good fucking band, and I am very thankful that you introduced me to them. They are the best! Mm-hmm. Like, did. Danny Elfman's fucking lyrics are just so close to the philosophy I want to have towards life. And then it gets really spoopy in his last two in their last two albums. Yeah. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll talk more about that later, maybe. For now, let's go ahead and get into the main topic of this week's episode, which is we're talking about the movie Monsters Incorporated, which came out in, I believe, if I can get to Wikipedia... 2001. This movie came out in 2001. It's a early Pixar film from back when they were like, we're never doing sequels. Everything's an original concept. And uh, this might make some people listening feel very old. But hey, this is kind of a hallmark of my childhood, which is why I put it on the list. This is one of those children's movies that me and my sisters would just watch all the time, as well as several other Pixar movies. But this is kind of the one that I still really, really love and go back to occasionally, which is why I wanted to put it on the list and uh, have a, a little discussion with you guys about it. So uh, what, what are your guys' general experiences with these, with this film, and um, what was your opinion on it after this viewing? Um, well, I'm currently trying to see... I just whipped out a... Wikipedia. Okay. All right. When did Toy Story come out? Also, nineteen ninety four. So that's ninety four, and Bugs Life is ninety eight. I believe. So I grew up with Toy Story and Bugs Life. Uh, literally my two favorites. Um, Monsters Inc. came out, and I was also in love with that. Um. Also, what they've pretty much actually Pixar has released a couple of them that kind of just like are just stuff I like the movie, but um, I I don't know. I always thought like this movie was cool, even as a kid. Like I was just like, man, this it's just neat. I uh, I I was like a watching it today because it was today that I watched it. Um, it actually unlocked another one of those weird toy memories for me. So now I guess I have to track that down because I had a uh toy of um i guess i'm kind of segue i had a i had a monsters inc toy and it was neat um but Which I don't character? Know. uh what's his name norman i think um 2319 guy yeah. it was him naked it was him naked with the cone and the sock still on his back yeah. i also had the uh hazmat guys which is like my favorite weird thing about this movie oh yeah those guys would be so fun to troop build I mean, there's only like three shapes of them. 
Also, I just realized I should say, uh, if if you hear fireworks in the background of my audio, we're recording on July 3rd, and I live in the South. We all live in the South. We all live in the South. This this is probably the most resigned Cody will ever sound on this podcast. Uh, but anyways, continue, Cody. Um, no, it's just, uh, I don't know, it's always been, I think it'll always be one of those movies that's, like, on my list of, like, movies that are good that I like. Yeah. You know, because we all got those. Yeah. Um. What about you, Chris? It's a nice, I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a really good movie. I really enjoy it. It, it isn't my favorite Pixar movie that, that always goes to Ratatouille. I don't know why. I just love Ratatouille. See, here's the crazy thing. Ratatouille is where me and my sisters fell off of Pixar. Like, that was the last one I can remember watching with them. Dang. That's sad, yeah. because then you missed Wally and Up. No, no. we. I saw Wally and Up, but independently of them. Mm. No, Ratatouille, Ratatouille is my favorite, but Monsters, Inc. is, like, up there. It is really good, really solid. All the acting is like top notch. It's uh, also just got such a great consistency of gags. And the world design too, because like it's something I noticed this time around. There is a heavy influence of like that late sixties mid to late sixties animation. Just mm-hmm. all throughout this, and it, you see it in the architecture and all that kind of stuff. But like the intro, straight up looks like a UPA animated short. Oh, it's wonderful! And I actually, because um, I have the uh, the collect the collector's edition two disc DVD, as it's called, which has a shit ton of bonus features that I've watched through multiple times over the years. Uh, and I believe in the commentary they talk about how, like, originally it was just going to open on the scene with the kid, but they realized that was way too jarring and, like, you need something a little more fun to get you into it's a kid's movie and let you know that, like, this scary opening sequence isn't what the whole movie is going to be like. So they came up with that kind of at the 11th hour and put it at the beginning, and it, it works so well. You know what I mean when I say UPA, right? Um, I, be- I believe I I know of them. I can't exactly place it though. They're they're the animation studio that animated the very old Ger- uh, Gerald McBoing Boing shorts. Oh yeah, they had a very abstract like style, like that sixties fifties jazz kind of American style. Like that was a big part of it. They also hmm. did um, Mr. Magoo. Hmm. Okay, yeah, I I I, uh, I kind of got that now. That was never something I was exposed to, but I do know what you're talking about, basically. I I mostly know them because I'm pretty sure Defunct Land talked about them heavily in the couple episodes where they were talking about Disney animators trying to unionize. <laughs> Because of course you're fucking videos. Unionize. Yeah. Can I just bring up the fact that this movie is about capitalism? Yes! I was waiting for it! Let's go! (laughs) Capital, I mean, 
so yeah um i'm thinking more of like uh i mean it's still within capitalism but it's like heavy like energy crisis because there's a literal energy crisis um, yeah but the but the whole crisis is circumvented by realizing wait a second there's an easily accessible, more renewable energy source that we have complete access to that is non-disruptive. And we're not yeah. going to it because it's not as profitable. Yeah. Though they don't ever actually say why. We don't know how Monsters, Inc. really makes its money aside from they provide Scream for, for people's electricity. I mean, that's how a power company makes money, right? Yeah, they generate power. It's it's just interesting. It it doesn't really go like, hey, capitalism bad. It's just more like evil businessman bad. Yeah. Yeah. It feels... Uh, Go ahead. I was going to say, I think if you take almost any Pixar movie and rip at it a little too much, you'll find stuff that doesn't make any sense at all, like you know, cars, that's a fun one for me. I'm always just like, well, how do they do this if they only have tire hands? You know, like... Yeah, that's something... we never... Sorry. No, uh, I was just going to say, like, that's also on Chris's whole point about the design of the world. That's something that I've always really appreciated about this movie is it, it really looks like they put a lot of thought into, okay, like, these are big more um, capable beings than we are, like they're literally monsters, so what kind of world would they live in that's made to support them as beings? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, on that note, um, a couple of things I thought of from the beginning. Uh, one thing that I at first liked, that I, I mean, I still like it, but it's uh, it's part of the design. You know, the, uh, Mike and Sully's apartment uh, has, like, a little door for Mike and a big door for Sully. Um, but, like, did they find that apartment tailored to their size? Is there, like... And I'll, I mean, uh, I mean, you could do that about anything in this movie. Um, cause I was yeah, that's the one question so. Monsters University just never answered. Where did that door come from? That's what we, we were all wondering. I should totally clarify, I haven't seen Monsters University. It's okay. All right. It's all right, yeah. Um, um. And also, about that point of things being specifically designed for characters, one thing I've, I noticed when I was a kid and has always like really floored me, if you look at Sully's chair, it's designed so there's a hole in it for mm. his tail, which is so cool. Yeah. And that's more believable, because, like, there's a lot of things that have tails. There's a lot of things that would suck as an existence. Like, uh, I forgot what his name was, but he's like the little slappy boy. He's just two arms with eyes, and he like, like at the beginning of the movie, like Sully steps over him, and he's like, "Oh, hey, Jim," or whatever, and like he's just like slowly dragging himself on the floor. And so, or like, the, or when they were setting up and gearing up for the scare, uh, scare thing, and you see all the assistants grabbing the tubes, you see the one guy who's just like four little claws on the floor and an eye stalk, and the eye stalk's just wrapped around the tube, and he's tr- yeah. struggling to carry it. Yeah. yeah. Or, like, uh, one of my favorites is the guy who's like the uh, the alligator face with two giant legs coming off of it. 
all those all those kind of like weird like a lot of the monsters in this movie um they feel very creative but in that a kid with crayons kind of way which i think is a great oh, aesthetic to have for a children's movie um one interesting thing to point out is uh the, the first monster who gets like uh that you see like uh because they're talking they have like the undertone of like kids these days and they're not getting scared anymore you know um like a kid watching footage of the iraq war yeah um like the first uh monster you see react to that like uh he's like oh she was only six and like you hear metal music playing in the background uh that entire character design even as a kid i was like that's just that one monster from nightmare before christmas i can't remember the monster but like there's a monster that looks exactly like it yeah i know what you're talking Uh, about i think it's the one that lives under the stairs yeah who says i'm the monster lives under the stairs that monster that lives under the stairs um uh but yeah, that's always stuck with me. And also, uh, I think his name is like Larry or whatever, the giant like Godzilla chicken dude. They're like, Ted. see, he's walking to work. And then like the next shot is like the front of the building. And I'm like, yeah, where is he coming in at? Where does he fit in at that place? They never explain maybe, it. And it maybe he doesn't me. work there, huh? Maybe he's just their no. neighbor. I guess you're right. He could just be walking elsewhere to work. I never really thought about that. And that makes complete sense. And I guess it makes it a little bit better, but. Yeah, then, no. Ted works at accounting at uh, uh, Leviath, uh, Leviathan's L- uh, LLC. Yes. Yeah, I'm sure. Or he's like a uh, he's like um, a brand manager at Kaiju Corp. His cousin um, Gotti uh, got him the job. Yes. Uh, I also. Um, like, because uh, you asked, Cody, I did watch the uh, the shorts for the movie. Um, that fucking short with uh, Mike obsessing over the car is hilarious. Yeah. yeah. How does that feel now that you're also a brand new car owner and you're trying to figure everything out? Does it, does it resonate? Yeah, I mean, sure. Um, there's a couple of things that, like, I... am still learning about my car, even though it doesn't have a whole lot of, like... Like, um... I knew that there was, like, a weird, like, sensor on my door handle that I could, like, put the back of my hand up to or, like, some warm part of my body on uh, and unlock my car. What I didn't know is that I could actually, like, hover. And this is how I usually open my door. And there's no specific reason for it. It just feels, like, neat. I'll put, like, two fingers through, like, the door loop, and it senses my hand there and then unlocks the car. Um, So that was a microsecond about my car. Um, But, yeah, no. uh, no, it was fun. Um, the thing um, that I was trying to watch uh, was actually the bloopers, and I couldn't find where they were because I didn't see them in the credits. Uh, um, I think they're like a separate thing on the DVD. I know I've uh, I've watched them before, and like, don't they end in an actual production of "Put That Thing Back Where It Came From"? Or yeah, so help me. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um. I just like uh, the like though they did the whole the right stuff slow mo everybody walking into the thing. Yeah, that's great. Um, so Chris, I gotta ask. Um, this time around watching it, did you have the same thing I had with the early relationship between Sully and Mister Waternoose of, oh, this is Vince and John Cena. I can shit now. I, yeah, I can see that. Does that make Randall? Randy, 
Yes! It totally does! Uh, like, he's, he's even kind of looks like a snake. Um, but now we're talking about Sullivan. Let's, let's genuinely one of John Goodman's best performances. Oh yeah, this movie introduced me to John Goodman, and it's because of it that I always mark out when I see he's gonna be in something I'm already planning to watch. Like, fucking love him in Speed Racer, and uh, he's the best part of the Michael Bay Transformers movies. Um, I just recently watched Big Lebowski for the first time. I think it was either last year or 2018, and I loved him in that. He's such a great actor. Generally, he's one of the only reasons I can put up with my mom whenever she marathons Roseanne. <laughs> John Goodman is just all around a good man. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite movies that he's in, which maybe came out before... Monsters Inc. I'm not sure. Um, oh brother, where art thou? One of my all-time favorite movies. That should probably one year be before on the list, because we're uh, we're oh brother, where art thou is 2000. I have heard of that, but I've never seen it. Yeah, that's something that needs to get on. I'll do that while we're talking. Yeah, it's, go ahead. It's a good. It's a solid movie. It's like it's a it's a southern reinterpretation of uh, the Odyssey. Oh, nice. Um, and we should also say, like, um, conversely to John Goodman, I love Billy Crystal in this, but I've never checked out anything else he's done. I think the is Billy Crystal in A Princess Bride? Yeah, I think he's the he's the um, inconceivable guy. No, that's not Billy Crystal. That's another no. guy completely. I think Billy Crystal might be a have fun storm in the castle. He might. I don't know. I'd have to look at like his uh, IMDb because, uh, like I said, he's just one of those guys that like I know I really like him in this movie, but I've never like specifically sought out other stuff he's done. Even though I hear he's a really good standout. Let's see. In film, he was in Spinal Tap. He was Miracle Max in Princess Bride. Okay. Who is who I'm talking about? So I have seen him in something else. Let's see. Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle. Oh. Remember that fucking movie? He was in the dub of Howl's Moving Castle. Oh, yeah! Yeah, he... he's, um... Boy, hot boy. The fire boy. Oh my god, he's fucking John Adams in Liberty's Kids. Oh, shit. I. Oh my god, you're fucking making my mind remember shit. <laughs> Liberty's Kids is one of those things that, like, I was really into for a couple months as a kid. I have no idea what that is. It's, it's an historical fiction show based around the Revolutionary War following three kids. Hmm. And Walter like, Cronkite was Benjamin Franklin. Yeah, think of it as Power Rangers, but Zordon is Ben Franklin. That's, um, it was there's, on P- there's a promotional shot. It was on PBS at the around the same time as um, what was it? Shit, uh, Redwall. 
Yeah, Redwall was another huge early childhood staple for me. And now that I'm looking at promotional images for Liberty's Kids again, I'm also remembering that the girl from that show was like one of my first crushes. That's the, uh, That was a deep thought, Barry, that I don't know if I wanted back. Apparently we're getting a, a Monsters, Inc. TV show. Oh, oh is it going to be like a cartoon? Is that like a work? Is that like a Disney's plus, Disney Plus thing? Yep. Interesting. Interesting. It is the third TV show based on a Pixar property after Buzz Lightyear of Star Command and Forky Asks a Question. Remember Buzz Lightyear of Star Command? Buzz Lightyear yeah, of Star Command was my fucking shit, man. I uh. That's a, another one of them, like, vaulted toy memories that wasn't vaulted because it was so... I mean, it was Buzz Lightyear, so I could never forget it, but... Uh, uh, I forgot what the robot's name was, but uh, that was one of my all-time favorite toys. And it's really expensive, like, by the way. XR was the robot. But, like, XR, genuinely, yeah. that was an inspired thing to do, is make, oh, hey, we have a toy... We have a character based on a cartoon from the movie that's in the movie. Let's just make the cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. And from what I remember, it was pretty good. And it's like never, it's not on Disney plus and it's never had a home video release except for the pilot movie. Yeah. I was looking for it on Disney plus like yesterday. So I do actually, cause like, I remember I had this whole discovery of, uh, remembering Buzz Lightyear of star command a few months ago. And I found out it wasn't on Disney plus, but Torrents of it are pretty available, and I believe yeah. somebody uploaded most of it to YouTube. So I went and downloaded a torrent, and I need to get around to watching some of it. Genuinely, that was like right at the time when Disney had a bunch of like really solid cartoons. Yeah, because they had just established Toon Disney, hadn't they? Yeah, because they had yeah, that. But... They had Fillmore. Is Fillmore the one with the space? No, Alien. Fillmore is the one that they were hall monitors, but it was done as like a cop procedural. Oh, oh. just like I, um. No, I remember the uh, I forgot what his name was. Lloyd in space. Yeah, Lloyd. Did I just remember it. Yeah, nice, good job. Mm -hmm. But uh, we we have strayed very far from the actual topic at hand. Uh, yeah. So, is there anything else with the movie you guys want to get to? I love how uh, Steve Buscemi played an animated character that was basically a monster version of Steve Buscemi. <laughs> that was well, they got the face right. Uh, they got the eyes just perfect. Yeah. Is he the... Uh... Oh, yeah, yeah, he is Randall. I forgot who he was for a second there. Yeah, um, Steve Buscemi's Randall. Billy Crystal is Mike Wazowski. John Mike Goodman. Wazowski! Um, yeah, no, a lot of this movie's fucking great. Just um, beautiful world building. Something I noticed though is, oh boy, you you are you can actually start noticing some of the three D texture work is a little aged. Yeah, is, but like it's not horrible like some shots in Incredibles and most of Toy Story is now. Like I can still watch. I still watch this, and I for the most part was just absorbed in it. Like it's it, it scenes when they're in the hallway and they have and it, the it's designed in a very sixties way where there's this giant concrete like V on the wall as like a decoration and it it looks like foam. 
it doesn't look like concrete. The texture feels weird to me. Yeah, there's a couple of bits like that. There's there's some things like some of the ironwork, like in uh, Sully's bedroom. Uh, he he's got this weird like iron girder uh, that goes over his bed, and also looks like a monster mouth. Um, and that just like looks fine. I was like just peeping that out for a little while in that scene, and like it just it still looks normal. Because um, I started looking for stuff like that. I think the one character design that really sticks out to me, um, Abominable Snowman. He looks like a toy now. Yeah, I mean, some of the hair texture is pretty good. And again, this was early enough in Pixar's work that they were still trying to fucking figure out hair. Yeah. Like, this um, isn't before Incredibles. This is like, before... Sully is kind of revolutionary. Yeah. Like, this, like, the first good couple Pixar movies, it is purely, all right, let's do this so we can build this tech. Like, let's uh, do Toy Story because they're toys and they look plastic and it fits the aesthetic. Let's do Bugs Life because, oh, they're insects, it fits. But also, we need to make a thousand and one characters and we need to be able to render that appropriately. Let's do Monsters Inc. because we need to start figuring out hair. And also, it would be cool if we could have people leave residue as they walk away. Oh, yeah. Um, speaking of which. Who else, like, did Roz's voice all the time as a kid? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's hard not to. Um, I still do it occasionally, Wazowski. I'm pretty sure she was voiced by the director. That that would not surprise me, actually. I'm pretty sure she was voiced by a, a male actor. Let me, let me look. I'm looking. I'm looking, too, so fuck you. Ooh! Trying to think of more things to bring up. Uh, Robert P- uh, Bob Peterson is an American animator. He was a person at, at Pixar. He wasn't. He co-directed up. Oh, oh my god! Also, Frank Oz was fungus. Huh. Also, oh. I really like fungus. Was the guy with digital grade legs that was oh, Randall's man. assistant? Yeah. It's a nice car. Would you like to drive the car? No, no, no. Would you like to take a ride in the car? (laughs) Um, Speaking of him, dude, that was one thing that always bothered me. That always like weirded me out about the movie is uh, when he gets put on the uh, the the scream suction thing. um, Just his lips are like rolled out, and like the the voice he does that like is like burned into the. Back of my brain. That is that is that thing is genuinely terrifying, even as an adult. Just having all of the screams sucked out of you. And here's the thing: we never go back to him. We never see if he recovered. Is no, he I not think in uh, the flash forward at the end. I think he's in the flash oh, forward yeah, at the in, end. He is in the flash forward. I remember now. He had the Groucho Marx glasses. Yeah, because they have three. Uh three lenses 
In two By the way, how great is it that they end the movie with Billy Crystal doing stand-up? And it's in a stand-up that no kid would fucking get. <laughs> like it's, you know, he's go he goes in there and is like, all right, this time they're gonna laugh at my jokes and I won't have to fucking hurt myself. One of my uh, favorite things about uh just how the characters interact with each other is how Sully carries Mike like a bowling ball, like half the time. Yeah. I've just That's always enjoyed that. Going back to Chris's point real quick, that's something else I noticed on this viewing for the first time. Boo has a, has a really sadistic sense of humor. She's mm. a toddler. Of course she does. <laughs> like, literally, the first time she laughs, all those books and, like, the fucking trash can that looks like a Vader helmet getting dumped on Mike, I was like, good God, I would be screaming in so much pain after that. Yep. And she also has a toy of Nemo, which was a movie that hadn't come out yet. Yeah. And the uh, the Toyota is in uh, the swamp or Florida. Yeah. I mean, that's Florida. It's got it. It just feels like Florida. That's that's that was always one of my favorite moments. Like it's probably the most brutal death a Disney villain has ever had, but it's just so hilarious the way they play it. Speaking of that, my um it's one of my favorite scenes in anything, but like just the doors when they're riding on the thing, like the rail for the doors and like it reveals like in that early shot when you see like the the factory and like you wonder what's in those giant like massive like hangar looking things behind the actual facility yeah because um, you could tell it's massive by the scale of people walking in um and you always wonder what that is or i did and then you get to see that um in those and just like all the doors all the different doors that that whole hmm? maybe that's where that kaiju dude you were complaining about works yeah, he'd have the room to stand up there, for sure. So I'm just looking real quick. Uh, Monsters Inc. was nominated for uh, animation Oscar. Oh, that's cool. Nice. Nominated with two other films: Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius, and Shrek. Did Shrek win? Oh, Shrek won. Uh, of course it did, dude. We need to put that on there. Um, I don't what know. What can you fucking did. say about Shrek that hasn't already been said by the internet? I mean, you are also a genuine fan of Smash Mouth, so maybe we can ring some things out there. That's fair. Um... I too am that. Um... <laughs> oh, dude. I don't know. I I actually just put. I don't know if you if any of y'all saw that. I literally just put like about five minutes ago Jimmy Neutron on the list. So uh, nice. So, but, oh, yeah. <laughs> no. We're just doing the 2001 animation category. Um, but, uh, another thing I think we should definitely hit while we're talking about this movie is, um, do you guys want to see a sequel that features a more grown-up boo? No. No. Same. I'm okay with fan art. People going like, oh man, wouldn't it be cute? Don't say that word. You know what I mean. I mean the adorable shit where it's like, look, Sully, this is my kid. Oh, Listen, you know, 
listen, Cody, there's a, there's a difference between R34 and fan art, in my opinion. R34 is still fan art, technically, but it's a much more extreme form of fan art than what we're talking about when we say fan art. I know. Um, I don't know. I could be down. I don't know. Like, it's hard for me to ever want like a sequel to certain things if I like if I don't feel like it's not been explored enough. Because like, I mean, I guess the same could be said. I don't know if any of y'all like Toy Story Four. I do a lot. Um, I haven't so, watched it because I'm just very resistant to the idea of a Toy Story 4. I've heard it's good from everybody I know who's seen it, but I probably won't ever get around to it. Well, we should probably put it on the list to force you. Um, oh, you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Just like, I feel like I don't know where they could go. That would be like interesting enough. Um, That's why I say fan art because it's just like one panel of just like, "Hey, we're reunited in like we had an adventure once," and that's it. You don't have to worry about a plot or anything. Yeah. You know what I want to see? I want to see how they figured out that technology. I I ever. That um, could be interesting. Um, do do a show about do like Bigfoot and, big and like Nessie and stuff like that. Since they talked about that, oh yeah, like have Bigfoot in, and and uh, fucking Abominable invent the technology, and then they get banished because they realize that laughing is much more efficient. Maybe have the Jersey Devil. I don't know, I just like the Jersey Devil. Mothman! <laughs> um, another thing I, I had an idea of, uh, the the whole doors thing that you were so high on, Cody. How are the mm-hmm. doors not a roller coaster at a Disney park? Honestly. Honest, even as a kid, honestly. Like, I was like, man, where is that? You know? Mm-hmm. Where's, where's my door ride? Put me on it. Like you, like, you know what? They could, for lack of a better way of putting it, they could repurpose a ride like uh, the Rock and Roller Coaster and just turn that into a door ride. Hell yeah. Yeah, but the Rock and Roller Coaster. I'm not saying do that to the Rock and Roller Coaster. I'm saying you can basically take the Rock and Roller Coaster, change it up one or two ways, put it in a different park, and you have the Monster's Door Ride. Wasn't that your first roller coaster? No, my first roller coaster was technically uh, the Smoky Mountain Railroad when I was like four. The the, the oh, train man. one in Disney. I don't know what my first one was called, but I know it was at Six Flags. I just don't well, I like just bring falling. it up because I was with Chris when he wrote it, and he didn't want to do it. Yeah, I don't like falling. That's my nobody not, wants I, to ride their first roller coaster. Okay. But, uh, I don't think I was ever afraid of roller coasters. I've always like been like, yes, please. I just spent like, because here's the thing: I rode a couple roller coasters when I was like four because my grandparents have a thing. You get a, a slightly bigger present when you your age turns the day you were born. So I'm born April fourth. So on my fourth birthday, I got a trip to Disney World. Nice. 
Um, and I wanted to ride roller coasters. And so much in, so, in fact that I was straining to be a little bit taller to get on Space Mountain. But like, and the guy was going like, get on your tippy toes, kid. And like, I was doing that, but I was still just too short. And he said like, I'm sorry, I can't let you on. But then I spent decades away from them, so I never wanted to get on them again. And I was just like, I don't like falling. I uh, I just, I mean, it's off topic, so I, I let me not bring that up actually. Um, but yeah, I mean, a roller coaster that would be nice. Although to think about it, I don't know how they'd like. And... Hello. Oh. Excuse me, sir. How, are you a professional or not? Why is your phone still on? I'm on my phone on this. That's not my phone anyways, <laughs> but I'm on. Like, I was talking to Chris. I know. And I was trying to rib him, but I think he's muted now because he's actually talking to whoever he had a phone call from. Continue with your point, Cody. Who's calling Chris at 11.52 on July 3rd? Um... I don't know, like, uh, I don't know how they'd, like, facilitate that. Um, unless, like, you're gonna put me in a harness and strap me to the back of a door. Well, you could always, like, make, um... Which would be absolutely terrible. <laughs> I mean, a- dude, they, they made a 20-seater DeLorean. It's not impossible. You could make a cart that's just, like, a one- or two-person cart that's modeled after the doors in the movie. Or like, hey, we're working on this brand new door carrying mechanism. Uh, right now, it's not filled with doors, but we need you to be on there to ride the rail and see if everything's safe. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you've did we did we do that? I don't think so. Um, they have the really cool monsters incorporated. Uh, like, I I don't understand it. I don't understand how any of it's possible. But I did go to it. I can't remember when, but I like sat in for a part of it, and it was like their interactive thing, where like they, oh yeah, the like, stand-up show. Yeah, but like they they properly respond to people and stuff like that, and it's um, still like the characters' voices, and I just don't. For some, I just got the imitators, but remember, do you have you seen any of the virtual tubers? Yeah. It's basically that tech. Okay. They put on like a face scanning thing and they go like, ah, hey. I mean, yeah, I guess at that time I didn't, I mean, no, I mean, whenever they came out with that, like that wasn't really popular as far as I know. Yeah. Because probably he had it. It. Yeah. Mm. Disney's been doing, Disney does a lot of weird tech R&D. Like, they have their own version of deepfakes now. Yeah. I don't know. I will say that Mr. Waternoose, is that his name? Is the actual name Waternoose? Yeah, that's the, the yeah. spider boy. I think that may um, be like a species of spider. Yeah, I always think, I mean, probably personal bias, definitely. Um, I never really, I, I was like realizing today in like a recent years that I'm like, oh, he's definitely a uh, a spider. I always thought crab. That's fair. 
Yeah, but you're also a crab boy. You like crab. I know. I I, I love anything crab related. So that's probably why I was like, oh, cool crab legs. Um, um, so quick question about a little detail in the movie. The uh, coffee-like drink that Waternoose is drinking towards the opening of the movie when he's talking to Sully, is that supposed to be warm shit? I think it's just supposed to be sludge. Okay. Because I was like, that's a really disgusting thing to put in a kid's movie. I always uh, appreciated the odorant. (laughs) It's such a subtle gag, and it works so well. Yeah. Because it just sounds like a misread line at first, and then you go like, oh, right, they're monsters. Yeah, I did that. I actually quoted that to one of my coworkers the other day. (laughs) But here's a question about that. If they have to use odorant, does that mean monster sweat smell, smells fresh and clean? They they sweat lilac. I mean, Sully definitely sweats lilac. <laughs> Mike was asking. Looks like a, Sully looks like he's the mascot for a um, uh, like detergent company, mm-hmm. like but only in Japan. Also, like, since since we're just getting into gags and little details now, one of my favorite things that I noticed on this viewing of it is, like, how complicated the forms Mike has to file for Roz are. And then the scene where Sully's walking up to Mike's desk and he's going, like, what the heck is Puce? Oh, that's Puce. I don't even know where that is, so... So I, I know, I've I'm an adult and I still don't like get that. Uh, isn't puce a color? It is, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a very like... obscure color. Maybe it's just like, you know, uh, make sure you put it in the red folder. Make sure you put it in the puce folder. Yeah, I mean, I just never understood. Like, I don't know. I knew it was a color. I just didn't know. I guess I'm saying I don't know what the color looks like. I, For some reason, the color in my head when I hear that word is like a soft gray purple. I think that's what it is. Let me... I'm going to fucking Google Puce right now. This is our riveting podcast. Color Theory 101. Yeah, it's kind of like a pink. It's like a, it's like a almost burnt pink. Like a light salmon or something? Yeah, here, let me... Oh, that's, that's why I've heard it before. That's like a business shirt thing. Yeah. yeah. That, that looks like like three shirts my uncle wears. Oh my god, I just realized. That's almost the color of Boo's shirt. Yeah. And that, And he says that in the scene where he first meets her. Oh my god, foreshadowing, literary theory. I mean, sure. <laughs> uh, I feel like we're stretching now and we're starting to come up on an hour. So is there anything else uh, we want to hit on the film before we move on? It's good. Yeah, it's it's a good one. Um, I don't really think there's anything that I can say about it. All right. 
Well then, are you fellas ready to find out what we'll be discussing next week? Absolutely. Fucking hit me. All right. Come on, Jimmy Neutron. Into the randomizer it all goes. Come on, weird shit. Hang on, I gotta copy it, because Cody added a bunch of shit. <laughs> and... Da, 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 paste. Come on, Jimmy and Neutron. it's picking. It's picking... What is this fucking pop-up? Get that out of my face. Okay, there we go. Wait a minute. Oh my god, does it... This fucking thing. Is it... Are we having technical difficulties? I think the website I used to pick the topic is, uh... It's, it's fucking got a paywall now. Huh. Weird. Hang on, let me find something else real quick. This is uh, this is about forty-eight minutes in, so I can cut around it. I mean, push comes to shove, you can ju- we can just highlight them all, make them all numbered, and then go to a random number generator between one and one and the last number. I mean, yeah. I'm trying to find a random name picker real quick. And if I can't find a good one, then I'll do a random number. This might work. Hang on. Okay, this works. Hang on. I'm just gonna I'm gonna bookmark this website real quick. It is wheelofnames.com for anyone who wants to use it. All right, I'm loading everything in and I am going to spin in three, two. It's spinning. Oh, God, I'm actually a little upset because this is three topics of mine in a row, but it's The New Frontier, the DC Comics uh, epic by Darwin, the late, great Darwin Cook. So we're doing the comic or the animated adaptation? We're doing the comic because much like many of those early ones, much like uh, Superman, uh, All-Star Superman, it the, the the movie is good, but it's far too trimmed down. So we're doing the comic. Hmm. I will be able to uh I'll I'll we'll link you to a place where you can read it, Cody. No, I I have a place that I read comics. Um good, good, good. Actually it's and, probably the place that you guys read comics because I think Chris gave it to me. Okay. Yeah. And so I'm, pretty seven sure, I'm pretty sure we can hit it in like a week. I, I also think it's one of the first things I've added on. So if we can't, then I apologize. However, that will be our topic for next week, since it's what well, we, we hit on the, the new thing we're using. God, this has been awkward. Hey, it's fine. Yeah. Are we back to recording mode, by the way? Or? Oh, yeah, we are still recording. Okay. 
I mean, I know we're still recording, but like, I was wondering if we're back to like. It doesn't matter. Um, I don't know. I've already been on like a weird DC kick. Um, so this will just probably force me to buy something. I'm sure. Um, I'm also really excited to get to this because uh, I've only read it once, but I do own it, and I remember absolutely loving it when I read it. So I'll be I'll be interested to get a second take on it and talk about it with you guys. I love it. Uh, I've only seen the movie, which mm-hmm. I do love, um, which I'll also probably watch. Uh, but I'm excited to read it. I'm I mean, I've been like doing this weird thing on um, Instagram lately where, like, it's not something I search, but, like, there's, like, random posts of, like, parts of comics on Instagram a lot, and it's just, like, highlighting strange things. And I've been seeing a lot of stuff for DC, and I'm like, "Mm, I want to go read that. What is that? Like, I want to go read that. So, I mean, it's scratching that itch, and I also, like, uh, discovered, um, or I found a listing on eBay of, like, one of my old uh, favorite Batman figures, which was a uh, Croc Armor Batman from two thousand and one. Nice. Um, but yeah, that's that's exciting. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll look forward to that. But uh, for now, let's uh, let's do some MMWP real quick. Uh, Chris, how about that Fighter Fest? It was fucking pretty good. Yeah. Um. I, I I said my thoughts both on Twitter and on my Discord server and a couple other places. I really enjoyed it for the most part. However, I do think the last two matches dragged a bit. Yeah, I can see that, but like it, it wasn't like to the detriment. It was just more like, oh, this could have been A plus, and now it's just a B. Yeah. Um, and I mean like. I can't exactly rag on that tag team championship match because it fucking opened with the best friends arriving in Trent's mom's minivan. G- genuinely one of the best things. The best friends, the number one contenders to the tag team champions coming up in a goddamn minivan. And then the mom just says, Trent, come here, and kisses her son on the cheek. And he has this mean face, and he just goes like, I can't be mean, I'm sorry. And fucking, um, you want to know the best thing that happened on a really good week for wrestling Twitter? You want to know the best thing that happened on wrestling Twitter this week? Uh, Joey Janela called, uh, Jim Cornette a cock. I mean, that too, but Nyla Rose tweeted at, uh, Jeremy Powder, the guy who's in charge of the AEW figures and has been, like, getting a really big presence established for himself on Twitter, she tweeted, so when do we get the Trent's mom's minivan playset? And he said, it's already in the works. He, basically, his whole shtick is, hey, that's a thing people really love about the AEW. Let's just fucking make a toy of it. Yeah. And he's like, he's so good at communicating with the fans. It makes me really happy. Um, I'm just kind of glad he's kind of in the AEW fold. Like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bat an eye if one day he's just on BTE going like, hey guys, I got new figures for you. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that whole team seems like great people because you've got uh, Bill Mitchell, who was uh, the, um, he worked on Power Rangers for the first half of the Neo Saban era, and then he left for Jax. And I was 
I was like, oh, shit, he's going to a company that doesn't make anything I'm interested in. And I like that guy. And now it's like he's doing the AEW figures. And um, also, uh, what what's her name? Dana, um, Mrs. Matt, is also uh, very heavily involved in the line. Uh, no, everything looks cool. I watched some of the BTE, the latest BTE where they're filming a commercial. And I was going like, where is that commercial? It'll probably come out the same week the toys start hitting stores. Yeah. But the Orange Cassidy looks like it's going to be fantastic. I can't wait to see it. Like, there's so many cool things you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, getting back to the actual show itself, like, I think I've really enjoyed every time Jericho's been on commentary, but I think this is his best show so far. Yeah. I here's the thing. I would love to see Jericho on commentary more, but I want Jericho to finish up his like wrestling wrestling career. Yeah, I think he's gonna be like a uh, a gorilla monsoon type, where he has like this legendary career in the ring, and then he goes on to have another legendary career as a uh, as a fucking um, commentator. Couldn't figure the word. Yeah, um, I really enjoyed the private party uh, Santana Ortiz match. Oh, yeah, that was pretty good. It was fucking fantastic. Uh, though, with Ortiz losing, uh, Santana and Ortiz losing, Jake Hager losing, and probably Chris Jericho, because he's been liking to put people over losing, I would, like, Inner Circle feels like it's kind of treading water. So I had an idea. So we know Sammy Guevara is currently suspended for several very inappropriate jokes he made a couple years ago. He feels bad about it. They've apolo- He's apologized. They've kind of made up with the person he was making the jokes about. He's already uh, confirmed on Twitter he will come back. So here's my idea. He comes back. He's still in the inner circle. And the guy's like, guys, I know why we're losing. We've been dicks. We, need, we should be better people. And like the inner circle goes like, uh, we'll follow your lead for right now because like we got nothing better to do and they start winning and they have a little winning streak and they go like, fuck yeah, Sammy's our good luck charm. All that kind of shit. Uh, but they start going back into their old Healy ways, like, like being jackasses and Sammy's going like, guys, guys, we can't keep doing this. We got to be good guys. We got to, I- I've learned so much. We got to be good. We got to be nice. And then eventually Jericho just goes like, you know what? Shut up, kid. And they basically all turn on Sammy Guevara. He's going to be faced for a little bit. Uh, all that kind of stuff. And then he feuds with the inner circle. He feuds against Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho puts him over and he has a little bit of a face run, but then he turns heel again, not because, Oh, I'm a jackass, but because I put myself through fucking shit to become a better person. And now none of you are appreciating it. I like, I figured they, Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, this is about it. See, I figured they'd do something like that, um, but I also figured it would be much quicker because they've already been hinting at Sammy turning babyface well, with Matt Hardy like being like, you could be better, son. You got to be better. So I figured he was just going to come back at like a pay-per-view or a TV after a pay-per-view or something like that. And they ha- have it be like, oh, my God, Sammy's back. This is great. This is great. Sammy, Sammy, what do you have to say after so long being gone? And Jericho hands a mic to Sammy, and he's like, well, Chris, it is it is really great to be back in All Elite Wrestling, not saying back in the inner circle. 
But, uh, you know, I've actually learned a lot since I've been gone. I learned a lot in uh, in therapy and in, in the counseling that AEW provided for me. And one of the things I kind of realized through that learning experience was uh, I've had some bad influences in my life. And I've, I've really been going down a not a not so great path. And uh, I really need to course correct and uh, just immediately kicks Jericho in the dick. See. I understand wanting that, but also, like, I'm thinking he's gone away for a little bit. You need to reestablish the storyline as it is for the audience. That's fair. You got to recap it a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I have no input on wrestling at all. But since I do know the context, at least I understand, because this is the guy from AEW who was, was, like, suspended, but, like, he just made some bad comments, like, is it the greatest idea to like turn a real life thing into a part of his character when it's that kind of subject? That's wrestling 101. Yeah, wrestling does it all the time. But the thing is, what I'm trying to say is you don't make that like part of his character. You make it inform a new part of like what can be his character. It's less, mm. hey, this is a thing I went through and like it it's a part of a character, it's part of how we're treating this now it's no this is a thing the real person went through and we're using that time off to kind of inform this new aspect of the character it's basically treating the time he was away getting counseling and everything and kind of saying real life he was getting counseling for this but in storyline he was getting a different kind of counseling okay so you can kind of touch upon it without basically saying, like, we're turning his rape jokes into a storyline. What did you think of uh, Sheeta versus Ford? It's probably Ford's best match so far. Mm-hmm. I thought it was match of the night, and I really like how they're kind of bill- billing Sheeta now as, like, She's almost girl Cody, where when she's in the ring, she's so intense and so focused that it's almost to her detriment. Like right now with Cody, they're saying, oh, he's wrestling every week. He's going to get himself wore out and start making mistakes. They're also kind of saying the same thing with Sheeta. And I think that's a really interesting direction to go with somebody who they've been booking as super strong. Also, it's nice to see people kind of laying off, oh, AEW doesn't have women's stories because now they have like a good three or four uh-huh. going on right now. So it's like, yeah, sweet. Yeah. Um, I do think they should get more time on the on the card, but uh, they definitely have more going on now. And I think it's partially because they are so limited with how many people they have. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, if if like uh, if Shanna and Riho and Yuka and fucking what Emmy were all still there. They could probably do a lot more just quick, here's a here's a little bit of storyline build for a match. Because right now, all they have is Penelope Ford, um, Britt Baker, who's injured and can't wrestle. Yeah. Big Swole. Uh, Hikaru Shida. And maybe Nyla Rose. Mm-hmm. Because uh, pretty much anybody else is... Well, so Anna J and Abaddon. Anna Jay and Abaddon, but they've also just started uh, Anna Jay's storyline, and they just introduced Abaddon. Mm-hmm. Abaddon's um, basically a spoopy zombie chick, and Anna Jay is 
a Vegas showgirl magician, but she's now joining uh, joining a fucking cult. Mm-hmm. Mafia cult. This is the thing. Speaking of which, uh, did you watch Dark this week? No, I need to. It was fucking stacked. Lance Archer versus Pineapple Pete, which was a Ooh. great match. Uh, Scorpio Sky versus Brady Pierce, I think is his name, uh, which was pretty good. The Young Bucks versus Peter Avalon and Brandon Cutler, which was kind of hilarious. Uh, Ricky Starks versus Griff Garrison, which was great to see Ricky get put over again. Um, and Brandy Rhodes and Allie versus Kaylin King and Skylar Moore. Um, also like how they basically said, yeah, we can't do Brian Cage and John Moxley next week. We're going to do it the week after when everything's safer. Uh, and we're also doing our other filler pay-per-view for that because fuck you WWE for throwing great American bash out of nowhere. But hey, at least Fight for the Fallen, they're also raising money for COVID release, relief, mm-hmm. so. I hope they also do something for Black Lives Matter, because that also, that fits the title just as well. Yeah. Um, I think they're doing COVID because it's, they're doing it directly because of something COVID-related. Yeah. Um, um, also, did you see... Uh, when Cody came out for his match, which was a bit disappointing in my opinion, did you see the shirt he was wearing? It's a new Nightmare Family shirt, isn't it? It is, but look at how it's designed. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I God love how damn. he's just got this fucking meta feud with Triple H going. It's so great. It, it There is a level of pettiness there. On both sides. Oh, very much so. Um, but also, we're getting another tag team champion match tomorrow. Uh, next week, I mean. Yeah, that's going to be cool. Private Party versus um, uh, Last Call. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, uh, Matt Hardy has been posting a uh, side-by-side comparison of when he was young himself and Jeff, they had a manager. And there's also a picture, uh, and next to it is a picture of Private Party with him, and he's dressing the same way him and Jeff's old manager used to. Mm. Which is also cool. he's been he's been fucking hyping up Big Money Matt. I I really want that. Oh, another thing, Jeremy Powder fucking teased. He wants to do a multi pack of every version of Matt Hardy. So that'd be old school extreme. V1 broken in Damascus and big money if they introduce it soon enough and big money holy shit oh that'd be so good uh. genuinely I just want big Matt money to come in and go like I'm rich and just insult MJF and they have like a rich guy feud yes <laughs> good was MJF's promo this week, by the way? It was fucking solid, and everybody bagging on his fucking pink robe as if it was a muumuu. Like, guys, I think that was the joke. It's like, it's good. And also, I love that Wardlow can fucking go. Yes, and they're building a feud between him and Wardlow. They're building a feud between him and Wardlow, Luchasaurus and Wardlow, Jungle Boy and MJF. Like, that's going to be the steamboat flair of this generation. I'm so excited. And fucking, like, 
him outright mentioning the ratings war because he's basically Cody's apprentice. So he's probably pretty petty about the whole Great American Bash thing, too, was just so good. Oh, man. Uh, also, Taz fucking giving the best fucking dig at WWE. We don't run a sloppy shop. Yeah. And then, like, the next day, an image that spoils the end of the next episode of NXT leaks. It's fucking great. Get a man who looks at you like Brian Cage looks at Taz when he's cutting a promo on him. Yeah. Uh, great. Great wrestling. I just want Taz to come in full, like, just Wolverine wrestling gear. Mm-hmm. Oh, another thing I had an idea for that I pitched that I sent to Jeremy Powder. He didn't reply to it, but I but I hope happens. Just have, like, a old, old-timers multi-pack in the AEW line. Just give us Arn... Tully, Taz, and fucking um, Jake all in one multi-pack. That'd be great. That'd be good. Just all the old-timer managers. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, great wrestling this week. But uh, I think that's about all there is to say. So let's get on to what else we've been up to this week. Guys, what's a couple things that you guys have been really into this week besides our main topic? Well, since we've talked so much about wrestling, why don't we just give the floor for Cody for a while? Yeah, I think Cody kind of always has to go first with this part of the show now. Um, I uh, I think it's mainly going to be games. I oh, I watched Scoob. I watched Scoob. I got a how was whatever that? it is to oh i watched scoob and trolls uh world tour i don't even know if you guys like or, or have even seen the first trolls which i did like um the second one was all right um but scoob is it's a weird one it's like everything i want and then like they forget a lot of stuff and then it's also not matthew lillard um or willard or lillard or i can't lillard. remember um, but like that bothers the shit out of me. Like Will Forte, I love to death, but he is not Scooby or he is not Shaggy at all. Like absolutely not. And they got Frank Welker back for fucking Scooby, but they're going to cast somebody different. I, I just don't understand it. Cause like, I don't, I'm sure you guys also saw the thing on Twitter where like he, he was fine about it, but he was like, yeah, they never asked me to. And I'm like, why? Like he would have came back. Why did they not ask him? Go ahead, Chris. Especially because the previous voice actor for Shaggy basically bequeathed the role to him. Yeah. I I think that no, also be- just happens with a lot of like big Hollywood reinterpretations of things. Like um when they did the uh the CGI Turtles movie. Um, I think a lot of the actors were like really bummed that they didn't get contacted. Like they un- they were like, we understand it for the 2003 series, but if you're doing a nostalgia-driven reboot, why not call us? And then like uh, when Rob Paulson got cast as Donatello in the 2012 Turtles, he before he even read for it, he fucking called the original Donatello voice actor because he was raff in the original Turtles. He was like. Hey man, I know this is your role. Are you cool with me reading for it? And he was like, "Yeah, go ahead." That's the one thing I really like about old school voice actors. They have a lot of respect for each other. Mm-hmm. 
but I don't know if you want to, if y'all ever plan on watching it. I don't know if it'd be list worthy. Uh, it's interesting. I, I like what they're doing with like the whole universe of like Hannah uh, Barbera. Is it Barbara? Or is it is it Barbara Hannah Barbera? Barbera. Okay, so like they just do all of it. Like you see all of it. They have like uh, Captain Caveman and uh, the Blue Falcon, like Dynamite. in the movie. Yeah, um, I saw there's Dynamite. toys for all of them. Yeah, and like, oh yeah, and Dick Dastardly. Um, they do that a joke about his name. A wacky racer movie more than anything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want more wacky racers, but they also show like you, or for one, and like the end, end credits thing. Because like the, I was watching this with my friend Delta, and the whole time we're like watching it, I'm just like, oh, that's this. Oh, that's this. Oh, that's that. Like, um, and there's a section where like they go into like a uh, arcade. And, like, all the arcade machines, one of them's Hong Kong Fooey, one of them's something else. There's a Hex Girls poster on the wall. And, oh. like, that's the confusion I get from this movie. Because, like, sure, they, they have, like, a lot of these Easter eggs, and that's neat. Um, except they say Scooby's full name is Scooby Dooby Doo, which it's not. Um, and Scoobert. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, his last name is Shaggy's last name. Scoobert um, Rogers. Yeah, I saw like but they, it's just a bunch of other weird stuff, and there's also a really weird thing that they've done before in Scooby Doo, where like Scooby and Shaggy are like kind of not friends, and like that's kind of a part of the arc. Except like it's really well, like you know how like we all joke about like with friends, we're like, oh, you know, we're taking a break or whatever, and you know, you make it sound like a relationship, like they do that, but like they do that, like. And yeah, but it's I mean, weird, they've done like, that before, like Mystery Incorporated. I know they've done it before, and it's fine and it's funny. But what I'm saying is, like, it's done a they lot. They act like they're the first to do it. No, not even like that. Like, it's uncomfortable. Like, it's oh. a, it's yeah. It seems like they literally are in a relationship. So it's like uh, how the Lego Batman movie interprets Batman and the Joker are in love with each other way too literally. Not even, not even, because like I like that movie. Um, and like, I get that and I get like the, the comedic sense of like that in that movie. It's, it's a little too weird. It's like past that in my opinion. Okay. Yeah. Like, uh, like, there's a part, it starts off where Scooby's like, oh, I, I do all of our accounting and I'm like, yeah, sure. Whatever. But then like the next scene and then like three scenes after and four scenes after that. And then like just throughout the entire movie. And it's like. We constantly talked about it, and I was just like, hmm. Um, I mean, like, I do want to see that movie, but it doesn't, it sounds like it would be something where we'd be constantly nitpicking it, so it may not be list-worthy. I, I mean, yeah, no, um, I'm like a hardcore, I don't don't know about hardcore, I like grew up watching the original Scooby-Doo, and then like a pup named Scooby-Doo, and I've probably watched every single Scooby-Doo cartoon. Also, um, Hunter, um, my old best friend, or one of my old best friends, he was a huge fan of Scooby-Doo, too. But, like, I just grew up watching all the movies. Cole's a big fan of it. Everyone I know, pretty much. Um, I think it's we grew up around the time when Scooby-Doo actually started having lore. Yeah. I think everyone is, like, a casual Scooby-Doo fan, at the very least. And I've seen the original series. I've seen a bunch of the movies, 
uh, fucking a pup named and uh, the live action movies and Mystery Incorporated. Oh, and I watched uh, What's New Scooby Doo whenever it was on TV as a kid. Yeah, like the first three of the directed DVD videos are fucking like peak Scooby Doo. Zombie Island is a fucking hood classic. Zombie Island, Witch's Curse, and uh, Alien Invasion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Trolls Two World Tour was all right. Um, it kind of, if I was gonna give it like a honest like type of like if I was gonna talk about it more, I'd want to wait until I could watch it in a better like. For some fucking reason, um, like me and Delta have wanted to see this movie for a long time, and uh, he uh, he was gonna like try to rent it, and then we realized that it's fucking like it was twenty bucks. And then they said they're like, "Oh, well, on this date it'll be a regular rent price or whatever. Like, you know, it'll be open or whatever." Um, they, they made some statement saying like, "Oh, like that—that's when it's because like, yeah, that, that was a thing. It was only a purchase. You know, it was still twenty bucks to rent. Yeah, it was twenty bucks to rent, but not own. And now it's twenty dollars to own, and there's no rent option." Mm. Um. So I was like, "Well, I want to watch this movie, but I'm not gonna pay twenty dollars to watch this movie." Like I'm not gonna buy a movie I haven't watched, and I'm also not gonna pay twenty dollars to watch a movie. I'll pay ten dollars to watch a movie. I don't know. That's just a thing. It's just a, a thing I'm being weird about, I guess. But like, I mean, no, I'm not. I'm not paying the price of an action figure to watch a movie for like, whatever um, that you may or may not like. Yeah. So that pissed me off, and I'm like, I guess I'm just gonna like watch it on Watch Cartoon and like fucking pirate it. Fuck it. I was like literally trying to support the fucking movie, and I couldn't. Like, they were not making it possible for me, so I was like, fuck you. <laughs> um, that's, but, that's the experience. And it sucks, because even though it was in quotation marks HD on Watch Cartoon, um, it was just... Yeah. And, like, that's one of those kind of movies that's just, like, eye candy, too. Like, if I had seen Lego Movie the first time like that, it never would have happened, but if I would have seen it like that... Um, I would have broken my heart because there's so much you miss not being able to see those details. And it was, I could still even tell there was just a lot. I like really, it's a good movie. It's worth, you know, watching. Um, I know the McElroy's are in it. Yeah. Uh, I as heard they got like some legit music dude. I can't remember who it is, but some legit music dude did all the songs for it. I don't know, but they had a lot of like legends like uh, George Carlton. I think his name is. For the funk thing, there's a lot of nitpicks I could get, I could do about that movie because like, there's not a single genre that they represented that I don't significantly like because I pretty much like all genres of music, um, and like they talk about pop but then like have like the pop people singing a funk song, or you know something that's like a rap song and I'm like well that's not really pop and I'm like well, this intro to the it's fucking the funk... Justin Timberlake, I know, um. I love Justin Timberlake, by the way. Um, He's pretty good. But, I don't know, there's just a bunch of weird things about it. Um, they do One of the genres should be experimental Japanese noise. <laughs> they do do a neat thing where, like, they have, like, some bounty hunters, and they're, like, yodelers, a K-pop band that's actually a K-pop band voiced by a K-pop band. Um a reggaeton group and what was the other one? Oh yeah, uh, like smooth jazz. 
uh, but I don't know. It, it was neat. Um, and outside of that, I bought, or no, well, my friend Jake bought me, and we have played to death a game called Remnant from Ashes, um, which is... Uh, is this a board or a video? Video game. Okay. Um, it's uh, essentially Dark Souls with guns. Is it, isn't, huh? isn't that, isn't that Baldwin? No. Technically. Um, I mean, you could make... I mean... It's got more emphasis, I mean, heavy emphasis on actual guns. Bloodborne's guns are a, a parrying mechanic. Oh, it's like okay. a revolver. I mean, they have, like, that, that's how you parry. You either use the blunderbuss, the pistol, the um, something else. Anyways, um, and it's good. Uh, we've, uh, we did actually beat the game. Um, it's It's a $40 game. It's nice and, like, like the the meat and potatoes of the game are just really good. Um, they they do the good thing where like every item in the game is useful, and every weapon, uh, like there's no like best weapon. Everything can work, you know. Everything is viable. Um, you could use the starting weapon set to the end of the game and not like suffer from it. Um, so I don't know. It's just a nice experience. It's also something that, like, all the promotional stuff I saw for it made me not have any interest in the game. Um, and that's probably their fault, because the game is fucking ridiculously cool. Because it all showed, like, this post-apocalyptic Earth, which is, like, the first stage. It's also an RNG-type game, so it's, like, kind of roguelike, so it has tile sets that it repurposes constantly, or, like, reorganizes. Um, but the first is post-apocalyptic Earth taken over by tree people. Or, like, The Root is what it's called. Evil Trees. Um, and that's, like, a constant theme. Like, The Root, but... The literal next thing you go to is some place called... You, you open, like, a dimensional rift. Go to this place called The Labyrinth, which is just, like, these elder gods that are just chilling there. And they're like, oh, yeah, go to this world next or something. And, like, you go there, and it's, like, human-esque creatures who live in, like, these weird, savage lands, kind of, like... Um, Tusken Raiders almost. A lot like Tusken Raiders, actually, but with more bones. Um, and then, within that same world, there's also, like, Geiger-esque alien-type alien shit with, like, future tech, like, in the ancient ruins. So it's, like, crazy. And then you go to, like, a weird bug swamp with a bunch of bug bosses, which is awesome. Um, it's just, like, all over the place. The character design, the costume design, like, the boss design. It's it's very well thought out, I guess. Sounds it's cool. It's a nice, like, yeah. It's not something like Bloodborne or Dark Souls where it could take you, like, 14 years to do everything. You could do everything in, like, a nice, um, like, well, we've probably done everything in maybe two, three days. That's dope. experience. Yeah. I saw a trailer for a new the, the Dirt Five. It has the it has uh, James and Nolan from Donut doing an end story yeah. game podcast. Wait, they're they're more involved. Yeah, no, they're okay. Basically, after every race or like after every so often, they do a podcast in universe of the Dirt game. No fucking way! And they're playing themselves, but they're interviewing the drivers that are like the characters, and they're helping pro- propel the story forward. 
Dude, that game is bought. I have to. That's pretty I like. Great, I just want to play the game so I can hear James yell in my ear, Mopawa baby, as you're going over the finish line. Well, whenever the trailer released, me, Cole, and Jake saw it. And like Jake's like, yo, check out that Mustang in the, in the, in the, in the teaser trailer. And it's got a donut livery on it. And we're like, holy fuck, that's like, it's donut media. That's awesome. Um, and we're like, man, I hope like they're in the game somehow. Like, that'd be cool if they're like uh, more Easter eggs about that. But no, they're just like part of the game. Like, just, hell yeah, dude. Yeah, hold but, on. Let me find the, the trailer for it. God, I love donut media so much. Um. Yeah, here's a longer trailer they did of like all the actors talking about like, hey, we're doing this and we're kind of excited about it. And it's Nolan North, Troy Baker are two of the racers, and James and Nolan are literally James and Nolan, but in this universe. Wait, so I recognize some of those words. Okay, so Donut Media is a YouTube channel, and it's all about car culture. And like, hey, here's a top 10 list of really cool cars that fit this category. And here's this one dude building a Miata Mm. and doing all that kind of stuff. One of the main, two of the main uh, people of the channel, the personalities, is a guy named James Pumphrey, who does a show called Up to Speed, where he talks about the legacy and the heritage of a single kind of car thing. And Nolan deals with a general car topic. So, like, are electric cars really better for the environment? Or what's the deal with these traffic laws kind of thing? It's worth a watch. We could put their entire YouTube on the list if you'd like. (laughs) We can do a playlist of, like, some top ten stuff we like of theirs. I mean, I'm not going to say no, but I'll also just admit the entire time you guys have been talking about video games and cars, I've just been tuned out looking at Liberty's Kids fan arts. (laughs) Cars are good, though. They are. They are. I like regular cars. But also Liberty's Kids. It's memories. But yeah, James and Nolan are doing the podcast for it, and it's going to, like, in-game, and that sounds like it'd be fucking cool. Yeah, I'm I'm for it. Uh, who makes who makes that? Who makes a uh, drive or dirt? Uh, Codemasters. Okay, so as long as it's not the team that did um that other game, boy, you're not gonna. I don't know. I I got this game by Ubisoft, and I forgot what it was called. Um, it was the second one of its type. Um... That was the uh, first. I know that's not even the same. No, oh, yeah, it I is. Know, I know what I think. I know what you're. T- there, there's like the second one has like planes and boats and cars and off-road shit. Is it the one cool that's stuff. like on a miniature version of America? Yeah, that was the first one. I know what you're talking about. I know. What um, you're talking about. I don't know what its name is. And it's neat, but while I was experiencing that game, my PlayStation Four fried. And Jake bought me a fucking Xbox One. And then I started playing what is what would probably be my most played game of 2019 and 2020, which is Forza Motorsports, uh, or Forza Horizon 4, which I have like 600 fucking cars in that game, each of which I've customized. So that is not an exaggeration. <laughs> I want to get back into racing games, but like 
the one I want to play right now is Need for Speed Most Wanted for the PS2. Um, some of those older games you can experience on modern consoles. But also, one thing, I, I don't know how frequently you've del- delved back into this, but some of those older games like that, um, you might just not like them anymore. Because they might I just not want, be... I just want something fun and arcadey. I don't want, like, a full driving sim, you know? I mean, yeah, um... That's probably dirt for you, honest one. Well, no. Dirt's kind of driving simish, but I don't know. Then I just need some money and get a PlayStation because it's not coming to Switch. Well, don't buy a PlayStation Four because we're all about to leave you. So, yeah, I just need to get money. So, yeah, just get one of them, one of them things that gives you that for trade of time. I mean, I did have a friend said he tried to help me with that, but he's in a yeah, pickle right uh, now. Well, I'm back at my store. I don't know if I told you. I've only been... I was back for like a fucking week, and then I was like, mm, might have COVID. See ya. Yeah, um, I just didn't want to bring it up right now because like, I knew you were back in your store, and I knew, hey, you need to get settled back in there. And then you went, oh yeah, also, I got contacted with this, and I was like, yeah, I probably shouldn't bring that up for like a good couple weeks. You have enough nah, shit on your mind? No, I don't, I don't... I don't know what the hell is going on with the hiring process that's not a stream topic though um um i did watch a movie though i watched uh the one piece movie uh gold not familiar didn't you, with it. Uh, didn't you say you were uh, working on a one piece thing because of that yeah um essentially i watched the movie i love the movie it's a great one piece it's a great like just if you want to get the general vibe of one piece in like one solid thing, that's the movie you watch. It's hmm. a nice piece. Yeah. It's a good vertical slice of the entirety of the storytelling. Um, and basically watching it, it just made me go, wait a second. This is about the fetish, uh, the fetishization of currency. Like Marx described. Oh, this is about capitalism. Got to make a video now. Yeah. <laughs> like, legit, like, the guy, re- the main villain repeatedly goes, I have the money, I have the power, I'm a fucking god. And it's like, oh, you're not being subtle about this. Wow, I didn't know they made an anime about Dan Kurito. No, 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 it's an anime about Elon Musk. Oh. The Bezos. Oh, someone put a fucking guillotine on his front yard. (laughs) (laughs) It's the fucking best. By the way, use my Amazon Associates link if you need to buy anything from there. Especially guillotines. I don't actually have an Amazon's Associates link. No, no, you only have an OnlyFans. (laughs) Uh, Um... Let's see what what stuff and I could talk about. Uh, I've been watching uh, the new Ultraman show, Ultraman Z or Zed, depending on uh, what region of the world you're from. Boy, we are all American. We're all from the South. It's fucking Z. Yeah, it's a. Uh, Is that the Netflix one or nah? No, it's uh they're still making live action Ultraman shows every year. Uh, they do twenty four episode seasons. 
uh, and they typically come out around this time of year. And this is the first one that has had a simulcasting on YouTube. However, it is limited availability, so um, you can only watch an episode for two weeks. Uh, so, like, episode three just came out tonight, and then I think they're going to be removing episode one from YouTube tomorrow as of this recording. Um, but uh, it's been pretty solid so far. We're only just barely getting into it and getting to know the characters, but... It feels like, because I've only seen the original Ultra Q and Ultra Man shows and like a couple episodes of Ultra 7. So I'm not a huge Ultraman guy. I don't know a whole lot about the universe and the mythology. But this just feels like to me like, okay, the universe has advanced a whole lot. And we've also spent all the intervening time refining the actual structure of Ultraman shows and getting it down to a good clip. And getting rid of all the like awkward sixty shit. Um, like there's a there's a main female character who's like really badass, but also has a feminine side to her and feels like a fully fleshed out character in two fucking episodes. Um, and uh, the main character um, isn't just like I am ge- I am generic hero man. He actually has like some some goals and some thoughts and some some complexities to him and he actually has conversations with the ultraman he's bonded with it's not just whenever there's um a monster attacking he transforms into ultraman and then we get no dialogue for eight minutes straight uh there there's a lot of scenes inside what they call ultra space where he's just discussing stuff with the ultraman and the second episode is actually really funny because of that because he has a he has a conversation with the uh, with Ultraman Z, and he's like, "Wait a minute, how old are you?" And he goes, "Oh, I'm I'm just over five thousand this year." And he's like, "Oh my God, you're old as fuck. I, you're my you're my senpai. I need to be really formal with you." And he's like, "Dude, stop doing that. It's ultra gross. Literally, he says it's ultra gross." That's funny. <laughs> If this was if this was an Amer- if they did an American dub, he'd say that all the time. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is like there's like an ultra pun per episode, and I'm guessing that's just a thing with the ultra pe- the ultra people that race of people as they call things ultra all the time. Plus um, ultra. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's really funny that they're establishing like a Lois and Clark dynamic with uh, Haruki, who is Ultraman Z, and uh, the main female character whose name just isn't coming to me right now. Because in the second episode, they established that like everyone on the uh, the military base they work at, that's that's basically like uh, it's like a Pacific Rim anti-kaiju operation. They have a big robot they they pilot that looks really hilarious um and uh it it doesn't work so great which is why ultraman has to step in and help so much um but we find out that like she won't date anyone on the base because almost everyone is younger than her except for her superiors and she's not allowed to date her superiors but she's into older dudes and at one point, um, Haruki learns this, and he just lets it drop to her that, like, uh, oh, yeah, didn't you know that uh, Ultraman's, like, 5,000 years old or something like that? And she's immediately like, oh, I want to bang Ultraman. And he just walks away smiling. 
it's uh it's it's pretty pretty good little show i like it Um, oh i also forgot to mention i started watching cyberverse oh how far in are you oh a few episodes Hmm. um bumblebee still they're doing the memory thing oh okay so you're really early in then yeah but like they do some fun stuff with that exploring a lot of like backstory elements of transformers that's rarely touched on yeah um um you first (laughs) i was just gonna say the uh we are moving into kind of the final arc of Cyberverse right in real time right now because the first part of the end of the universe aired this week. Um, and I've read that there's actually 10 episodes after that that is like post Autobot Decepticon War stuff. And I'm really interested to see what that's like. But uh, the the first part of the finale, the, uh, the end of the universe is actually really cool because it's 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 um framed as flashback and it's being told as like cup telling a war story to new recruits man i hope we get a siege cup figure yeah i hope we get a lot of things that's uh, some hope would be great i would like um Oh, I'm trying to think of a good character who's named Hope <laughs> that I could say I want a figure of. Who's Hope, Hope Summers? Summers? Hope Summers, yeah. She she was in the first wave of Hasbro Marvel Legends, so she's kind of due for a, a do-over. Um, you could also do uh, the character I've been asking for for Marvel Legends for fucking three years now, Nadia Van Dyne, the Unstoppable Wasp. Nadia is, is Hope in another language, so fucking... Please, I, I love that character so much. We need a new Superman action. <laughs> There's like a new one every three weeks, dude. I know. <laughs> um, Yo, it's, I mean, yeah, it's almost literally three weeks. Uh, I did rewatch the uh, the Terminator for 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 the first time in a long time last week. Um. And by a long time, I mean I've, I'd literally only seen it once before. I've watched Terminator 2 a ton of times, but I've only watched Terminator once. And that was on Halloween night when I was 14. Um, and it genuinely scared the shit out of me because that, that the first Terminator movie is a slasher film. Um, and it did its job as a horror film really effective when I was a teenager like that last scene where it's just the endoskeleton crawling after Sarah, I was terrified. And now as an adult watching it on Blu-ray, it's just fascinating to see all the technique that went into making that movie because there's so many different kinds of effects on display. And uh, the acting and writing is way more solid than I remember it being too. Yeah. I mean, I was kind of like that with the Terminator movies. Except I obsessed over them, so I watched the first one a lot more. But I'm just, like, a big fan of, like, Terminator being good guy. Like, Arnold the good guy Schwarzenegger. That's, that's my man. That, that is his wrestler name, Arnold the good guy Schwarzenegger. See, I really dug the Terminator movies, but I was more of a Predator guy. I love the Predator movies more. Um, I'm pretty I, sure I mean, I, I love them. 
I'm pretty sure I've told Chris, but Cody, you ha- have you realized yet that my uh, my screen name is a pun on Terminator? I mean, anything in Nader, but yeah. Yeah. What is that like? You is that you're my RoboCop? It kind of is, yeah. Terminator Two, and I do plan to rewatch Terminator Two fairly soon as well because I haven't watched it in at least two years now, which is embarrassing. I rewatched um, RoboCop One two weeks ago. Go. Um. Also, uh, fucking um. I've been watching through uh, Garo Makai Senkai. We talked about it a little bit. Um, this was that was just before Cody had come on full time, and I was like only a couple episodes in. I'm I'm a little over halfway now, and uh, Chris, I think you need to watch it as soon as possible because it's fucking All Star Superman, but with Koga. <laughs> like. Like, literally, he gets marked for death at the start of the show, and now they're starting to reveal, like, everything he has been doing, because they've been doing a ton of one-off stuff uh, with him just fighting various horrors and also showing that Zero got marked for death, and he's been getting a lot of one-off focus episodes, and by that I mean, like, him actually on his own showing him how he works as a Mockai Knight in his territory, which is really cool. Um, and, uh, in the most recent episodes, it's like, we're down to the wire and we need to figure out who this guy that marked us for death is and how do we fix this spell and blah, 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 blah. And also they've been building up Koga's relationship with Kaoru, um, like showing that they are actually in a legit relationship. Now we've seen them go on a couple dates and, uh, it's really cute and awkward and, um, just in the most recent episode I watched, episode 17, uh, there's a character, a, one of the uh, side characters from the movies between this and the original series shows up, and she had been hinted to be romantically interested in Koga, so there's like a bit of tension between her and Kaoru. But then at the end of the episode, Kaoru finally finds out that Koga is ver- is going to die soon, and she like... She smiles and goes, it's okay, I knew this day would come. I'm just glad that I'm going to know about it ahead of time. Um, And then she kind of walks off. And even though they've been fighting the whole time, that one-off character, that side character goes to talk to her. And she's like, you need to go back to him. He's he's trying to put on a face, but he's clearly terrified. What are we going to do? And Kaoru goes, I... It's it's okay. I because I know it's how he likes to work. Ever since I decided I loved him, I decided I was always going to smile around Koga. But I can't do that right now. I need. I just need to be alone. And the one-off character is like, oh, okay. And she kind of walks off. And then the fucking episode just ends with Kaoru wailing. It's it's it really emotionally gut punches you. It's. And especially because they waited so long to get to it. They could have very easily dragged it out and had her been worried for the entire show. But the fact that it all comes at you at once is really good. And the only criticism I have of the series so far is um, the way they did uh, the villain, 
the the mask guy that marked uh, Koga and um, Ray for death. He it's super obvious who that character is right from the start because there's a new Makai priest that shows up to train under Koga at the start of the show, and it's like, oh, I wonder who this masked person that they're hinting at the the having an identity. I wonder who that is. It couldn't possibly be anyone besides the one fucking new character this season, and it is revealed to be him. Mm. Um, and we don't know why he's doing it just yet, but it's been heavily hinted that like some girl that he really cared about died because of a Makai night, and also he. He's really up on like, well, Makai priests can destroy horrors too. So why do we even have Makai knights? So maybe he's probably trying to de- destroy all Makai knights slash bring his. I'm guessing it's either his girlfriend or his sister back to life. But uh, yeah, it's good shit. Well, where we are, they could be the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, only other thing I could think to bring up is, uh, I started rereading Nick Spencer's Ant-Man. I, I read that all when it came out in issues, but I have the, uh, the complete collection trade now, so I've been going back through it. It's fucking great stuff. Um, if, if you like more goofy characters or, like, Marvel Street-level stuff, I highly recommend it. Um, and uh, I listened to uh, We Close Our Eyes by Oingo Boingo for the first time today, and uh, I legitimately think it's the better version of Once in a Lifetime. Oingo Boingo is just a fantastic band. They deserve so much respect that just because they were never constant chart toppers, people don't remember them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people but- who never heard of them start listening with like their first big hit single which of course was little girls and they go like ew what is this band it's gross cowards but uh yeah is there uh is there anything else we want to hit on before we uh close up this week is there uh is there any really cool toys you got this week cody um i did get the two uh Gaming greats, Star Wars the Black Series, Gaming greats, Star Wars the Force <laughs> Unleashed, Stormtrooper Commander, and Shadow Stormtrooper figures. Yeah, how are those guys in hand? Um, they're really good. Uh, I don't know. I, from what I understand, it's the same mold as like the original Black Series Stormtrooper, right? Uh, yeah, it's actually, from what I've read, it's going to be the last... Those two figures yeah. are the last use of that mold ever. Like, I knew it was like that, but I didn't know if there was, like, a new one from, like, the ones that I got. Because I actually have a couple of those. Oh, real but they're quick. they're both really not that they're bad. Not, doing, not that they're not doing troopers anymore, Chris. It's they're moving to a new mold with better articulation. Mm. And a technically different aesthetic. It's the Mandalorian stormtroopers, which are based off of like the uh, the training or like the the prop um, suits that they wore. They look slightly different. Not too much. Different. They pretty much don't look different. I'll put. I'll go ahead and say that. Um, if you're 
you're gonna notice actually yeah i'll just go ahead and say that. um i'll find a pic of it for chris while you're talking um but yeah i saw something cool about the mandalorian they filmed that on like uh sound stages with like led backdrops yeah there's been a whole like really behind- yeah, like it's not green screen. It was all LED, so they could get uh, light on the um, Mandalorian's armor. Right. Like, I don't know if you guys have Whoa. seen this, but Disney Plus is like fixing one of my major problems with streaming services of behind the scenes and stuff like that is gone now. There's a show called Disney Gallery on there, which just their seasons is like five episodes a piece on a new Disney Plus show. So they've been releasing episodes for the last month or so on The Mandalorian. And like it's these big roundtable discussions with all the directors and writers about everything that went into a handful of episodes. And one of the things we found out from those is that thing that Chris mentioned, but also George Lucas was one of the producers on that. He was kind of like Papa Bear coming in and helping everybody get back on track. Yeah, here's a picture of just them on set. That's just just LEDs that they use to be the backdrop. That's insane. That show's also really good. Fucking God, it's so good. This is that new Stormtrooper, Chris. Nice. Yeah, the original two all-white Stormtroopers I have are kind of not good. And the more I think about it, they might be like knockoffs um but i also do know that it's completely possible that they could just be like not good um because like hasbro used to not be the best in the early stages of black series for qc Um, those are two more pictures on set to kind of give you a better picture of how they're using the tech but now these new figures are great um i mean like I said, they're, they're just stormtroopers, but like I'm a, I'm a sucker for anything the Force Unleashed because like that's one of my favorites. Um, I'll probably pick them up at some point just because I want to army build troopers, but I don't want to army build them. Like I'm gonna buy one of every trooper so that I can have an an army built size display, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I like I just get the ones that I like the most, except I haven't bought the. Uh, uh, at at pilot mm-hmm. for whatever reason i'm sure i will uh for for me like black series haven't been readily available even if i try to buy them from like uh like amazon or something like that like it's just impossible to get the ones that i want it can be kind of hard to navigate lines that are in like super high demand like that Ooh, uh, while speaking that, if you see a Commander Bly or Gree, I need that. Bly is, like, literally... Bly and Gree are, like, my top two favorite clone commanders that aren't Rex. I think they had both of those at Toy Federation when I went there last time last month, but I literally do not remember, and it's been three weeks now, so they may be gone. Well, I mean, how does Toy Federation price their stuff? Uh, generally pretty fairly. There might be a bit of markup, but also they try to undercut uh, web stores as much as possible because their whole thing is we don't have a web store. We're very much about like you come 
you come into the store because we're trying to sell locally, buy locally, and we're trying to build a community. So, like, the only reason why I say that is because that store that me and Chris go to, they got a Bly. Like, no problem. They got one. It's 40 bucks. It might be similar there. They might have it for 35 I'm not sure. I just can't. I don't know. Like, I'll straight up not buy something. I'll just never buy it if I can't get it for the price it costs. I'm kind of, like, really finicky about that. I don't like scalpers, and I'm not saying like that. I don't think they're scalping. Um, I mean, they kind of probably had to to get like those figures, but they also could probably have ordered them. And like, if the people want to come in there and buy it, like that's great. But like, my thing is like, I'm not gonna pay forty bucks to get a clone commander of which is a figure that I already own like three ways, you know. So. Mm-hmm. And I mean that's a that's a that's a fair opinion to have, and I, and it's really cool that you stick to that stance with things. I uh, there's only like been a few things that I've paid like buffed up prices for, mm-hmm. and one of them had left me heartbroken. So, you know. And I mean, I think we all have those moments as collectors where we get in that Matt Cardona mindset of I've got to have it now. I don't know. I mean, I sat on, I've seen Red Hulks for 45 bucks that I wouldn't buy. And I wanted that so bad. But like, I also wanted the experience of walking into the store to find that rare piece of shit yeah. more than anything. I and would I got always, that. So it's dope. I would always prefer buying something in person to ordering it online unless it's. Something like the first wave of AEW figures where I was like, I cannot miss out on this, so I pre-ordered them. Yeah, I'm starting to pre-order stuff more and more lately just because uh, I've there's been a few things where I'm like, I'll just buy it when it comes out. And I'm like, oh, wait. it It's impossible to buy some of these things. They just don't show up. Even now that I have a car and I can drive to like seven different Walmarts, it doesn't matter. And it's a thing that I do. It is a thing you do. That thing you do, girl. Okay, I think. Uh, I was also, Cody talked about the, the toy shop we go to. I was thinking, what if we did, like, uh, how you did the Toy Federation thing and just kind of, like, hype them up, give them, give them, like, a little mini documentary to advertise themselves with? That would be dope. Just because, hey, why not? They've been they've been really cool to us the past couple of times I've been there. It's probably been cool to Cody the more times he's been there. Uh, did we talk about that last time that I, I got something for free because I have an overabundance of Micro Machine knowledge? We didn't do any toy talk last time because we had done a shit ton before we started recording. Did I even mention that to you in like passing or anything? I don't think so, but it does not surprise me given how how much you have talked about stuff like micro machines to me. I uh, yeah, Cody was just basically going through all the micro machines, going like, oh yeah, no, this guy's worth a little bit, this guy's worth some. While I was running around behind him, putting together the little tiny play sets and going like, this is a thing, this goes to here. 
<laughs> I don't. Yeah, whenever I, whenever like after we did that, and I also gave him a thing to a website that I use to like just generally look at micro machines. I pretty much gave him the tool to like if you ever get any micro machines ever again, here's all of them <laughs> on a website. Um, yeah, and I mean, I've had moments like that with uh, Toy Federation. There was a moment where they got a box of Unicron trilogy stuff in, and they pulled out uh, the uh, the hound, the Energon Hound, and they were like, "What the hell is this?" And I'm like, "That's Hound. He was a repaint of Ironhide, who looked nothing like Ironhide." And they were like, "Oh, okay." Um, and one time I walked in and I I straight up asked them, "Have you guys ever had Kodoyoko toys come for this store?" And they were like. What the hell is Kogalioko? So I had to Google it and show them all the stuff. <laughs> that sounds like the most boomer toy collector thing to say. Yeah. I've seen a Kogalioko toy on eBay recently, but it was for a very hefty price. Yeah, they're extremely rare. Well, I mean, um, it wasn't that popular of a show when it was going on, so I can't imagine the toys were that popular. Yeah, there was only... There were two different sets of toys. There was one by Marvel Toys uh, that was based off of the first few seasons of the show, and that only showed up at Toys R Us in the States. And then there was a second run by Simba Toys based on the final season that was only sold in Spain. Well, I mean, it is a European production. Did they ever make a uh, crab robot? Toy? They they did. It was a build a figure under the Simba Toys line. You son of a. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's not something I'm going to try to collect, but it would be something I'd like to. I am, but it's probably not going to be for another few years until I have m- better cash reserves. Yeah, that's something that's kind of scaring me about the Zevos. Is like, I don't know. Maybe it's like there's there's just so little. Like, there's so few, it seems. Yeah, everybody's um, got that one obscure thing that's, like, really hard to track down, but they're super passionate about. Well, I mean, you don't have a ton left that you need to get, right, Codes? Not really. Um, There's one that, it's the Eagle guy, and you just rarely see him. There's a superhero guy. There's a Thunder Shaman. There's a, um... The one that I'm looking at right now, which is one of the Magna Troopers or whatever, which is like a type of... Or no, that's a different character. There's like a a robot faction, and it's like a really cool guy. It looks a lot like the Samurai Jack of basket robots. If mm. that's, yeah. Um, but there's not a whole lot left, but the ones that are left are like the rare ones. Not all the rare ones. I have quite a few of the rare ones that I got. I purchased unopened a while ago and then were able to open on my own, which sounds like sacrilege, but who cares? Um, I also have a massive amount of, like, extra parts. Like, I have a whole box that I once planned on reselling, but, like, I might still once I sort through it, but, like, I don't know. There's been, like, once one or two cases where, like, I got, like, another lot and then, like, completed a character through, you know combining two different lots. Um, but who knows? 
And then, like, technically it'll never be complete because I consider that turtle to be part of it, and that turtle is not one that was made, so. But there's pictures of him complete out there, so that means at least one exists. You just gotta become a rich, famous toy YouTuber and talk to the person who owns it. (laughs) Oh, Hasbro. Oh, no, I mean... I don't know. All right. Well, we're uh, we're just about to cross over the uh, two hour mark, so uh, I think uh, now's a pretty good time to start wrapping it up. Um, Chris, why don't you go ahead and uh, plug all your shit real quick? Uh, uh, I'm Chris Boingo Rider Gaston. I do video editorial shit on YouTube. You can find me at Boingo Rider. You can just search. You know how to fucking use the internet. Uh, link might be in the description. So there's a link to my Twitter and my Instagram. Um, Boingo underscore writer. That's both of them. Uh, and you can join my Discord server. We talk about shit. Nice. Where can people find you? Oh, you know. Um, just the same stuff. Snowgun83 and whatever you want to look at. Space or no space. Uh, if you want to peep out my Instagram, which does have old pictures of my art, I haven't made pottery in a while, but I also do that. Um, it is never, no, hang on, I get this wrong every time. Good thing it's my personal thing that I do. Um, oh no, I was right, never underscore robot. Good job. I just posted a picture of my dog on there. Um, nice. And a slug, so check it out. Uh, I am the Vacuuminator, the modular king of the podcasting ring, and I have a YouTube channel where you can watch all of my exploits. It's youtube.com slash the Vacuuminator, spelled T-H-E-V-A-C-U-U-M-I-N-A-T-O-R, and you should definitely check that out because uh, coming up this week, again, just to throw it out of there one more time, I'm doing a video on the second season of Power Rangers Beast Movers, and I know people are going to be very excited to hear my thoughts on that. Uh, I'm also on the Twitter, tweeting and a twatting every day. It's at the Vacuuminator, and I'm on Instagram at the Vacuuminator as well. Go check that out because I've been getting back into it. And uh, actually, the day after we're recording this podcast, I plan to do some figure photography for the first time in a long time. I'm going to be taking tons of photos of the Lightning Collection Beast Morphers figures. So uh, if you want to see me get my uh, my feet wet on that once again, definitely go check out that account. But if you want to see more modular media, what you need to do right now is give this video a like to help it out in the YouTube algorithm. Subscribe and ring the bell in, to enable, in, the, in order to enable notifications so you get every episode of the Analytical Fanboys podcast as it comes out. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at The Modular Media for updates on the podcast as it comes out. And Follow our subreddit, r slash modular media, so you can discuss the show whenever it drops. But that's going to do it for this episode of Analytical Fanboys. I thank you all for joining us, and we will see you again next week when we will be discussing the new frontier. Until then.
you.